Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Daily Slash Weekly Ding. Whenever you're listening to this on a Friday, on a Saturday, Sunday, whenever you get around to this, we've got all the latest coming out of the NBA suspension amid the coronavirus pandemic. I'm Zach Harper. That's Jared Weiss. That's Andrew Sleck pushing buttons. Before we get into the show, theathletic.com slash daily ding, you get a free 30-day trial get to check out all the great coverage we have of the NBA, of uh, soccer, football, as you may call it, the NFL if they come back, baseball in their horrible attempt to come back. Whatever you want to read, we've got it. we got the best coverage right there on theathletic.com. Plus, you can use the comment section on the app to comment not just on articles, but on this very podcast and all of our podcasts on the Athletic Podcast Network. Coming up on today's show, we're trying to figure out if this bubble is still a good idea, if there's a second bubble, and what everyone's thoughts are on this. So, Jared, let's start with some details about this bubble from Shams Charania of The Athletic. A player is able to leave the bubble for a family emergency but they must be tested every day still and have a four-day self-quarantine upon re-entry. Disney's staff on campus will be allowed to go home, but the league and union are working to ensure a larger group of them undergo a testing protocol. That's just a testing protocol, like any of them. And then upon arrival to campus, players will undergo a 36- to 48-hour quarantine period. This is what the players have been told will be available to them in their rooms, food and beverages, Entertainment such as fire sticks, gaming hookups, etc., wellness resources, events slash health applications, and special social justice, justice programming. So, Jared, this is going to sound like a very leading question, and that's because it is. Does this sound good, or does it still sound like an insane process in many ways? I mean, they're getting fire sticks in the room, so I don't really know what you can complain about right, at that point. That's fair. Um, yeah. I mean, if I'm DeMar DeRozan, I'm mostly upset about the fact that I don't get to play my favorite sport, which is doubles ping pong. And that's that's where they're really that's tightening tough. the screws yeah. on these guys. I mean, the, fir- the, the biggest obvious question, and I think Stephen A. Smith was probably the first person to finally say this out loud, but this is something that has come up in my conversations with agents and team personnel and players across the league is how are these players supposedly going to spend months on end alone in their hotel rooms without any intimate companionship? Like there, there's no way in hell that is going to happen. And so, you know, family emergencies, does that include meeting up with an Instagram model you met in Miami? I don't know who is to decide. Apparently somebody at the NBA offices, but there, I, I think the idea that there's not going to be either players going out or people that shouldn't be coming in, coming in, that's going to be the issue that thank God we have that snitch hotline to take care of it because they're going to be, there's going to be a lot of snitching on the snitch hotline. That's for sure. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather have access to the recordings on the snitch hotline or no censorship and you get to hear everything on the court for the entire time? Wow. Uh, um, Oh, that's tough. Uh, on court because the best way to snitch is to do it on court oh, that's true. very subtly, but, but the dome microphones just barely pick it up. So yeah, I want, I want to hear what these guys are whispering to each other at the free throw line. Yeah. I want the, I want the snitch line. 100%. I want the snitch line. That is going to, I just want to see how many times Chris Paul calls. That's what I want. Um, <laughs> I mean, the most troubling thing to, from this, from Shams to me is, is the Disney staff, right? The NBA has no control over what's going on with Disney, their union, the staff, that's a whole other negotiation. Now, the NBA can say, hey, we'd like this. But Disney and especially the union of the of the the cast members, whatever they call them, working there, they don't have to go with this. They are their own thing. Like, they are going to be doing their own business. And so there will be certain protocol in place. But this whole thing about the NBA going to this quote-unquote bubble slash mesh hat, 
that's there is is the safety of everyone, right? The safety of the players. And, and as we see that the day we recorded this on Thursday, Florida announced 10,000 new cases, which was a personal record, which maybe stop setting personal records, Florida. That would be a great idea. Um, put a mask on, stay home if you can. But this is the thing is that, look, there are a lot of people at risk here um, in the country, but in talking about the NBA and their, and their setup, there are a lot of people at risk here, and it and it's going to... Sp- it's going to spread the amount of risk, the potential for risk, when they go into the into the sections of this season of this restart where people can start coming to you know to stay at the resort to you know family members, guests, whatever, right? Which I believe is after the first round. I think that's when it is. Correct. And so there's a lot of exposure at risk. There is a lot of complications and long term things we don't know about yet because we don't have enough information about this um, about this disease and the aftermath of it. Uh, so if you're going to have Disney workers and you don't know if they have a te- – like it wasn't a certain testing protocol in this. It was a testing protocol, right? Other than just the half-assed WWE, let's take their temperature. Oh, looks like they're fine. That counts as a test. We're out, right? Like this, like there's a lot here at stake and there's a reason the players have had trepidation about returning. And Jared, it's because they can't ensure that the bubble is going to be intact. I think the idea is that, hey – if if the integrity of the bubble is going to be taken away, we're going to be the ones to take it away. Yeah, I mean, first off, from the Disney workers' perspective, if there's somebody in the you know in a service position or something like that, what did you rather be working in the MBA's campus where there's this incredibly strict protocol and constant testing than working in the public parts of Disney as they try to reopen, where you're just dealing with randos that are coming in, right? Especially if you're dealing with Florida man x number of times a day like i would much rather be getting that assignment um it it seems it seems silly that or just it seems absurd that they don't have the same testing protocols for the service staff that's coming in and out of the bubble than they do for the people that are living there are and are in the bubble and i know that there's certain ways that they're going to help avoid direct contact but we also know about the like the I th- I feel like the big part of the education in the early stages of COVID was about recognizing that the virus can linger on surfaces and you want to make sure that you're not touching a public surface and then putting your hands to your mouth and you know things like that and you want to be constantly washing your hands. So if you have people that are coming in to do cleaning services and things like that, or even especially when it comes to food where they're you're literally putting the stuff that they're making in your mouth, like wouldn't you want those people to be tested even almost more thoroughly and wouldn't the nba be funding and providing the resources to be able to do the testing even more thoroughly because you know these players it's not like they're going to come back to their hotel room and maybe there's some virus sitting on the you know sitting on their nightstand it's not like they're going to you know treat their nightstand the same way that they're going to treat a public surface out in the, you know out outdoors or something right. like that so you know the players they want to be able to relax and not worry about having to exercise protocol when they're in a hotel room so it, it's I would say it's on the NBA to provide the resources to ensure that this is taken care of. But I guess the other way you could look at it is reportedly the NBA is paying $150 million to execute this campus system. And maybe Disney should foot the bill on that part to be able to, you know, to, I guess, add another ser- reasonable service as part of their package that they're charging a decent amount of money for. Yeah, an insane amount of money for it. Yeah, that, that report on the $150 million uh, came from Brian Windhorst of ESPN. Um, saying that that's what the NBA is is paying just for these, what, three months or whatever that's going to be. Royce Young of ESPN 
had quotes from Damian Lillard. Damian is not confident that players will respect the bubble. This is the quote from from Dame himself. My confidence ain't great. My confidence ain't great because you're you're telling me you're going to have 22 teams full of players following all the rules. When we have 100% freedom, everybody don't follow all the rules. I don't have much confidence. But hopefully it'll be handled to a point where we're not putting everybody at risk or in a dangerous position. I know there are going to be activities for us and all that stuff but i mean i'm gonna be chilling i feel like there's a possibility for something to spread in that bubble just with so many people doing so many different things that we've got to follow to be safe even though we're not exposed to the public he says it's going to be basically practice playstation he's setting up a studio inside his uh in high, inside his uh suite or wherever he's staying within the disney world resort i think that concern jared like that's real like there are a lot of guys who know if you can you know kind of steal moments and, and talk to them a little bit it's it's them saying i don't know if it's gonna work like they're gonna go they're gonna I play mean, but they don't know if it's gonna work out i mean hey dame's setting up studio in the yacht club he's gonna have dylon and puff daddy in there with them i mean this is gonna be a whole <laughs> making the band situation uh so the, you know, dave i think dave's got it covered he's gonna enjoy himself but i mean we saw bradley beal he's not sure if he wants to participate still he's still i can't believe he's still publicly waffling on it yeah figured he would have made a call at some point i guess for a lot of these guys they're going to wait till the very last second to make the decision um but you know for a lot of these teams that they do have a shot at the play-in opportunity either way if you win that play-in tournament and you're the eighth seed you're facing either a bucks team that statistically is one of the literally greatest teams of all time or a lakers team that's been firing on all cylinders even if they're going to be without avery bradley but so you're you're playing basically hoping you get one win in the first round so if you're these these star players that you know you know that they're competitive you know they want to win but also is it worth doing all of this and being away from your families for this long and having to live in the studio for this long just for very little upside when it comes to actual basketball. You know, I, I definitely see it that way, and that's why I'm surprised that they're like the whole teams are, are even showing up. DeMar DeRozan, as you mentioned, got frustrated with this uh, this handbook that he was given. Read, uh, he said he got through ten lines of the I got through ten lines of the handbook and just put it down because it became so frustrating and overwhelming at times because you just never thought you'd be in a situation of something like this. So it's hard to process at times. Um, I got to imagine only ten lines. Come on, come on, Demar. Get get a little further into the handbook. Like, give it a chance. Ah, ten look, lines is nothing. You can't catch me in the first few minutes of an episode of a series. I made I made bolt. You know, so I get it. Ten lines of a, of a handbook of a of a little pamphlet or something. You can't get through ten lines. I get it. If they can't capture your you know capture your attention and say like, look, you need to follow this stuff. I ditch that thing too. I'm with Demar on this. That, that's like watching the cold open to a show and being like, eh, I don't even want to see the theme music. Look, I, Let's just get out I of here. I wish I had done that with Scandal. Let me tell you that. As someone who hate watched like four <laughs> seasons of Scandal, I wish I had I'd followed my instincts after the first terrible scene of that terrible pilot of that terrible series and gotten out because I wasted a lot of time on that on that Scandal. It's awful. Do not start it. I was I, I was told it was going to drive me insane if I started watching it's it, awful. so I stayed away. It's truly awful. No. As awful as not being able to play, play doubles ping pong? I don't know. Uh, nothing's that bad. I mean, <laughs> Kerry Washington could solve that. We know that. Speaking of bad bubbles, ESPN, uh, Jackie McMullen reporting that the NBA <laughs> is closing in on signing off on a second bubble in Chicago for the eight teams that weren't invited to play in Orlando. There'll be many training camps, subsequent games against other clubs with a target date of September. Um, what the hell is happening? Why? 
Why is this happening? Why is this idea? I hope the Players Association laughs in the face of the NBA and says there is absolutely no chance of this happening because, Jared, we don't need 30 teams playing. Like, half the Knicks are going to be free agents. They're not going to play. Like, I can't imagine Carl Anthony Towns is going to play after losing his mother to the this whole no thing. Way. Like, I can't imagine, like, a bunch of these teams. Like, I get it. You want to play basketball or whatever, but these won't. this won't matter. Like, are we just using this as a summer league for these eight teams? Like, what are we doing with this? Well, first off, Bad Bubbles sounds like a great name for a knockoff reggaeton rapper. So, <laughs> good job at the segue there. Um, second off, this is, like, our chance to see... Chandler, I think it was John Hollinger dropped this in our Slack channel. We're going to see a lot more Chan- Chandler Hutchison than we are going to see Zach Levine right, out there. Absolutely. And I'm excited for that because we're probably not going to get Summer League this year. So for me, I'm like, hey, good. I get to see some of these guys that got drafted two years ago and haven't played at all. And we'll see if they actually have anything left in, the, in their t- careers. But nobody's going to watch that. And not even Chicago fans are even going to watch that, you know, unless we got Cristiano Felicio putting up triple doubles. I don't think anyone's tuning in. So he sucks. This seems mostly (laughs) exactly. So this is mostly to, I think, appease these teams and just trying to get some run and to, you know, help these players out. And that, like, I don't think any basketball player really, except for like Andrew Bynum really wants to spend what, eight months basically without playing any basketball uh, or any serious basketball. So you know, these all these teams apparently have been wanting to do local mini camps, so they can at least just have the team together in their home, uh, in their home arenas or home uh, practice facilities. But I'd imagine if they all have to go live in this campus situation in Chicago, and hey, at least we do know that downtown Chicago has an amazing hotel selection, so at least they're going to be living pretty nice. But I, I would be really surprised if any of the players that are worth watching on any of these teams would show up to that. It's an atrocious idea. Like an absolute atrocious idea. I, there is no justification for it to me. Like there's just absolutely well, the no. Just, the justification is we get more basketball, and that's spelled M O A R basketball. <laughs> it's just, it's terrible. It's such a stupid idea. Like I wasn't a look. I I've been saying this with Amin Al Hassan on NBA Radio for months on SiriusXM that we Ooh, what a plug. Yeah, but we didn't think that this should come back at all. Right? Like, if you're going to take this virus seriously, we don't think it should come back. We get why it is. It's money. But we don't think it should come back. And then to we were like, all right, if I guess if it's going to come back, just do the playoff teams. Get the playoffs over with. And they're like, what about 22 teams? Like, all right, guys. Like, I guess you needed that for the vote, but just in case. But, okay, like, we're doing 22, but at least it's not all 30. We don't need all 30. And they're like, what about all 30? What are we doing? <laughs> Well, hey, we know that it would have been 16 teams if Zion was already in the playoffs, but they had to do something <laughs> to get true. Zion in the hey, playoffs, right? You see the picture of Zion? That dude is. <laughs> hey, those those biceps are ready for a play-in tournament. Yeah, they are. That. Those biceps are ready to get eliminated by the Lakers in the first round. You kidding me? Can't wait for that. Speaking of being tested, terrible segue, but speaking of being tested, <laughs> the NBA announced the full 351 players that have been tested since June 23rd, 25 positive tests, that's a little over 7% of the players who have been tested coming up positive, and then out of 884 team staff that was tested between June 23rd and June 29th, 10 have tested positive, that's about 0.1%. So in terms of people coming back to this it's it's lower numbers still than I thought it would be, Jared. Like, it really is. But that doesn't mean, like, they're in the clear. There's still a lot that can go on. We still don't know if Nikola Jokic is going to make it in time. 
to Denver to go, you know, travel with them to Orlando, you know, in an official team capacity. Like, there is a lot that still needs to be done here. Players can still catch it. We know Spencer Dinwiddie just caught it. He's contemplating whether or not he's going to play. I think five nets are out for either injury, surgery, COVID. DeAndre Jordan caught it. He's out because he's got, you know, asthma issues. He's had pneumonia in the past. Like, it's not good for him to be doing this stuff with while having COVID-19. Like, there, there's a lot going on here, but still... I don't even know if this is a silver lining. I'm just 25 out of 351 players. I just thought it would be more. Well, I think the silver lining is that it was when they did the first day of testing on the 23rd, it was 16 positive. And then in daily testing for the week, or I guess five days after that, there have only been nine more cases. So yeah. we didn't have a multiplying effect, which is great. We're seeing the number going down. I would have expected that there would have been, you know, maybe twice as many people that tested positive just from potential contact and things of that nature. But I think it goes to show that the protocols under which they're currently doing things where I, I just got off the phone with a player who told me that uh, when he was in, he was just in the gym earlier today and there was only one other player working out at that time. He didn't get within like 15 feet of anybody the entire time that he was there. All the coaches are wearing masks and gloves and they're passing the ball to them. The glo- or the, the uh, balls are clean off beforehand. So they're under like a very strict protocol when it comes to being at work right now. Obviously, that's going to go down significantly when they get to actually playing and practicing together and things of that nature. So we'll see in that kind of July 7th through 11th phase where everybody's going into Orlando, everybody's had some time practicing together, everyone's going into that quarantine. We'll see if there's a big spike then. I think that's the point where we that, that's the point where we have to start being concerned if we see a huge spike then. Yeah, and then it's just going to be and then once again that bubble is going to get tested. The Houston Rockets have signed Luke Bamute um, or plan to sign Luke Bamute according to Shams Charania. ESPN had reported that Thabo Cephalosha is opting out of Orlando. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, Nikola Jokic, we don't know if he's going to make it back in time to depart with the team for Orlando, but according to Michael Malone, from everything that he's heard and talking to Jokic, he feels great and is excited. The hope and expectation is that Jokic will be on that plane with them. Jared, as, as we try to figure out who's going to be there and who's not going to be there, uh, do you expect a lot more opting out? Like I, I know, you know Lou Williams was 50-50, and Doc Rivers said on a, a Zoom call with media that um, he expects Lou to be there, right? Like, I, I anything can change between now and then because there's still time, but do you expect a lot more players to opt out, or is that wave kind of already, if you're going to opt out, then, then you probably already announced it or told the teams? Uh, I think we're going to probably see another wave right before it's time to depart, so probably uh, around July 5th or 4th or something like that. So I guess after the weekend, you know, it's, it's a, it is it's July 4th weekend, right? So this gives everybody a chance to kind of reconvene with their families, relax a little bit, and kind of figure out and make a final decision, decision of what they want to do. So I would expect that there's going to be a lot of players assigning, especially on, like, if you're a Nets player, I guess, actually, maybe if you're a Nets player at this point, you do want to still go because you're going to be dropping 30 a night now that nobody else on the roster is active. But um, for a lot of these fringe bottom you know, playoff teams or non-playoff teams, I wouldn't be surprised to see a rush of people backing out, especially like De'Aaron Fox, for instance, who it came out today that he's working on a contract extension with Sacramento. And 
Like, does he want to be one of those guys that risks a significant injury and his game is completely dependent on his incredible explosiveness? He doesn't want to risk a serious lower body injury that could severely affect his contract extension chances. So I wouldn't be surprised to see more people take the Davis Bertans route coming up here. Um, and also just a quick note, it's great to see that when Tabo Cephalosha goes out, that Luke Mamute comes in. It's just great <laughs> to see the cycle of life of the a veteran wing defender that's so old he didn't realize he was still in the league and it's just great that we're going to have at least some of those guys down there in Orlando please tell me someone signed Dante Cunningham because he's got to be next <laughs> Dante Cunningham's Dante Cunningham is always on a roster somewhere he's always even on a if roster. he's not playing yeah, absolutely yeah. Uh, by the way Sarunas Yasikevichis remember him he's taking over Barcelona in Europe that leaves open a spot for Fenerbahce uh, in Turkey, and Igor Kokoska, former uh, former Jazz assistant, former Phoenix Suns head coach, current Kings assistant coach under Luke Walton, is going to take over that job, but he is still, according to Jason Jones of The Athletic, will still be with the Kings uh, to finish out the season and will be in Orlando. Um, name your 10 favorite Kokoskov NBA coaching memories, Jared. Just right <laughs> off the top of your head. There, well, there's one like massive mystery that's one of the most fascinating stories of my time being here in the, or being around the NBA, which is that I remember before the draft saying that Luka Doncic is the most obvious number one pick that I've ever seen in my entire life, and yet some and. Luca was Igor's guy. Igor coached him on the national team. They won a European title together. Like Igor played a huge role in making Luca the great player that he is. Yeah. And then for some reason, his team drafted DeAndre Ayton instead. And it wasn't a terrible pick in a vacuum, good. but he's he looks very good. Yeah. But Luka Doncic is probably going to win MVP in his third season next year, <laughs> and is clearly already a first ballot Hall of Famer. All, if he just, if he doesn't improve at all, he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. So Zach, is that is that not like the craziest mystery in the league right now? It's weird. Yeah, there's also the idea that that the Kings passed on him because Vladi Divac allegedly doesn't like Luka's dad. That's a that's a story that's kind of I don't know if it's true but I know I've heard that before and so like that's enough. It doesn't matter if it's true. It doesn't matter if it's true. That's that's true. It, it, it could be anything at this point. Um, not quite as good as Jeff Petrie and the Sacramento Kings passing on Ricky Rubio a long time ago because he allegedly his mom cut up his steak at dinner when he went out uh, with the team with the team executives oh my God. Uh, during a pre-draft moment. That's also a fun story. But yeah, it's it's bizarre that Igor didn't get his guy also uh i believe Woj of espn today said that uh kokoskov uh helped you know helped the slovenian team win the 2017 euro basket uh as luka Doncic led them right Uh, to which then goran dragic quote tweeted that with the thinking emoji uh by the way goran dragic like the fourth leading scorer of all the euro basket players uh, way ahead of of luka Doncic. not to say luka wasn't good but yeah goran was goran was the guy 2017 Goran Dragic yeah, that's like say, that was like saying Scottie Pippen led the Bulls of the 1998 NBA right. Finals. You know, like that's <laughs> like yeah, like Luca Luca was great, but like Goran Dragic was by far the best player in Europe that year. Yes, absolutely. One final bit of news: this cannot be spoken about enough. You should absolutely talk to your friends about this. You should talk to family members about this. Maya Moore, one of the most impressive basketball players I've ever seen. Um, her remarkable campaign to free. 
Jonathan Irons, uh, who I believe is a, a family friend or a family member of hers, uh, finally reaches goal. Irons was re- was released from a Missouri maximum prison after serving 23 years, released on Wednesday for a crime he did not commit. 23 years. And this is the crazy thing, Jared, is that he had been like absolved of this, I think, months ago and didn't get released until Wednesday. Now, granted, I guess when you've been wrongfully imprisoned for 23 years – you know, technically, what's a couple more months? But like, it's insane that this happened. It's a, it's a just an absolute like terrible mark on our justice system. It's happened a lot. It's happened like countless times, right? This is a this is an issue. Maya Moore gave up her career at least for the time being. If she decide, or I guess forever, if she doesn't decide to go back to um, to playing in the WNBA or playing professional basketball, but she decided. That this was more important. She put the last couple years towards this. He got released on Wednesday. Um, this is an unbelievable story on so many levels, from a human standpoint, from a sports standpoint, and we're simply like everyone is not talking about this enough. And I think I think the most amazing thing about it is that you know this is reflecting a kind of a different angle of the current social justice movement, where right now the focus is so much on how the police interact with people in the community, especially black people in the community, um, when they're not even doing anything wrong. Uh, but there's there are people that have been in prison for so long for things that the courts have even already decided they haven't done anything wrong, and so. There are people like J- Jonathan Irons who there's been so much reform to avoid these kind of situations, yet there's still people that are sitting in prison that should have been released a long time ago. And because it just the wheels of justice move so painfully slow, we're seeing people like Maya Moore, people with tremendous platforms, step up to try to take on these specific cases. And the fact that she walked away from, from her playing career while she was in her prime, at chasing being pot- the potential GOAT, in her in her sport and she was able to achieve this is one of the great sports stories we've ever seen absolutely uh you can check more about that um really anywhere and seriously just like i know she's done some incredible interviews with with dan levitard on on um one the levitard show and two i believe southeast sessions which is a spinoff podcast from that radio show check her out like she's just one of the most impressive people um that i've that i've ever seen and so check her out check that story out and uh and keep uh Keep either leading or following leaders like her uh, in this in this quest for um, for reform to a pretty pretty broken system. No matter how you look at it, that's going to do it for today's episode. This week's episode. Don't forget about the other shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. We've got back to back. We've got Nerdish. She wrote No Dunks, Tampering, House of Strauss. We've got uh, Hoops Adjacent, all these good team shows as well from your favorite athletic beat writers. Also, follow the app to get notifications for new episodes and utilize that comment section. Tell us how great of a job you think we're doing. Just leave positive. Let's be positive on the internet, Jared. How about that? Just positive comments. Lie to us. No idea how that's possible. I don't think, yeah, you're, I think you're right. And if, don't forget the athletic.com slash daily thing. You get a free 30 day trial for a subscription to The Athletic. Thanks for waking up with us. Wear a mask, stay inside. Don't go to Florida. I cannot stress that enough. Do not go to Florida. Please be responsible. Please be safe. And Jared, hit us with that sign-off. Uh, and so shout out to the bubble. Shout out to Magnitude. I'm going to go pop, pop. 